Good morning, everyone. Hope you're doing well today. It is Tuesday, February 2nd. I can't believe it's February already. It's Groundhog Day. Punks of Tony Phil saw his shadow and went back into the hole. I think that's what the thing is. So six more weeks of winter, which if you're in Texas, you're like, no, six more weeks of 54 degrees. But uh, uh, for those of you in the north, I see you got a huge snowstorm. That's pretty crazy. Hope uh, everyone's doing well. I don't know if anybody actually listens from the north, but uh, uh, glad to have you here this morning. Today, we are talking about something that uh, we don't really like to talk about. We're going to talk about death. We're going to talk about death, uh, what the Bible says about death, so that uh, we can be, uh, so, so that we can know, so that we can be aware, uh, because death is something that, uh, you know, it, it, it impacts us all. And it's uh, something we don't like to talk about and certainly something we don't, um, you know, we, we hate it when it happens. And so whether it be a pet or a loved one or, just, you know, death is just something that uh, is not an easy part of life. And so we're going to talk about what the Bible says about death. That's what we're going to do today. Okay, so death is hard to talk about. The very word triggers images of darkness, people dressed in black, grief, fear, the Grim Reaper, right? Uh, the Bible often mentions death. Uh, God has something to say about death. That The Bible certainly is a book where death is an important part of it. Um, but also, God wants us to live and die with the confidence that comes from knowing that we belong to a victorious risen Lord who defeated death when he died on the cross and rose from the grave. The, the essential story of the Bible is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so the really, the Bible is a story about death and resurrection. It's about death and victory over death. Uh, and, and, and the reason behind all that is God's love, is God's love. And so, so the, the Bible is a book about death and life. And so, um, and how in the midst of life, we can be the people God created and called us to be. And in death, we can be promised the things that God has promised to us because God loves us. And so, what does the Bible say about death? Uh, there's a couple things in, uh, th that we're going to go through today. And I think it's an important part of our life as Christians is to know these things. To know what the Bible says about death. Because death, as I said, is universal. We all deal with death. Uh, and so, knowing what the Bible says is, uh, is a helpful way uh, to, to manage those moments. To, to, to deal with our grief. Theology speaks to our grief. Uh, if it didn't, it wouldn't be, uh, it wouldn't be as important, uh, but it is, it's essential to life. And so that's what we're going to go with today. Okay. So first and foremost, we as Christians don't have to fear death. Jesus overcame death. So will we. Christians don't need to fear death. Two Bible verses. First, first Corinthians 15 verses 55 through 57. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So death has lost its sting. Death is, it's like a bee that can't sting you. Death has lost its sting. So, we, you know, if death has lost its sting, we ask, well, why is it so painful? And we as people of faith 
uh, you know, struggle with that because we lose people and, and it is painful. Uh, our faith tells us that they're in a better place and all that stuff, but it's still painful to live without them. And I think, you know, the, the common thing is to think that they're gone forever when in reality what, what our faith tells us is that we will see them again one day. And so uh, in the midst of the loss, though, you know, th- those aren't words you, you sp- say to somebody who, you know, it's, it, you know, it, but mourning and grief is real and it really has an effect on our life. Uh, but at the same time, our theology is this is a, a temporary separation. It's a temporary separation. And so death is not something we have to fear. Psalm 23, 4, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This, this image of death, I, I, I was talking to one of the retired professor in seminary one day. I, I think his, his name was Rudy Featherstone. I, that's what I think is Rudy Featherstone. He said, if, if there's a shadow in the valley of death, that means there's a light shining on the other side. And so we are walking through the shadow to the light. But I think it's so powerful to have this imagery that as we go through this shadow, as we go through this valley, that God is with us. I know that you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your rod, you know, somebody carrying a staff next to you. I, I think of uh, I, whatever imagery you want to use, Moses leading the people with a staff or uh, you know, uh, Gandalf with his staff walking with a, uh, in Lord of the Rings. But it's, it seems like if there's somebody walking next to you with a staff, it's like they know what they're doing. They know where they're going. There is comfort there. They're leading, right? They're leading. They're prepared. They're equipped. Uh, we're not going to be alone. We're not going to be alone. And so, you know, I think part of the fear of dying is thinking that it's going to be painful and thinking that it's going to be a lonely experience and whatever happens between here and there, when we get to the pearly gates, we're on our own. But this says that you are with me, that I am not going to be alone in those moments. I've heard so many, so many times I've heard people talk about uh, w- one of the things that I get to do, one of the great privileges that I have is that at times I get to be with people in their last moments. I get to be praying with them and I get to be inc- reading scripture to them. And, and it's a great privilege to be in those sacred moments. And, and one of the things that I've found a, a common thing is, is people who say that in their last moments, they see loved ones coming back to them. They see loved ones who are there uh, as if they're going to take them, they're going to accompany them to the other side. And, and it's one of those things where it's like, that it sounds strange and it sounds like you can't really, but it just, you hear it so often. It's one of those things that um, I'm certainly not going to say isn't possible, right? That, that our loved ones who have gone come back for us. Beverly Blake said that her son Milton came, well, was there. And uh, I can't explain it. Don't you know? Don't know what don't don't know scriptures about it. But you know, it's one of those things where it's such a common thing that you hear. Uh, my family members have said that 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 you just have to think. Well, there's got to be something to it. There's got to be something to it. Uh, so the, the 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 dying process we are promised is not a lonely process. It's not, the transition is not a lonely time. God is with us. Uh, the second thing, death is not the end. Death is not a curse, but an inheritance, a gift, a reward. 
We we often think about death as a curse. That uh, you know, death is God's curse on humanity, and uh, we are cursed with this um, with this end of life uh, because you know that's what we deserve. But Jesus said, John fourteen verse twenty eight, "You heard me say I am going away and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father because the Father is greater than I. If you loved me, you would rejoice." If you, this, Jesus is saying to his disciples, listen, I'm a healthy guy. I'm in my mid thirties, right? Uh, I, I, there's, I mean, I, I could live another hot, but that's, that's what your human mind says. But I say to you, if you loved me, you would rejoice because the place I'm going is so much better than the place I'm at. The place I'm going is paradise. I am going to the Father. I am going to to be in the kingdom of God where the kingdom of God is the only kingdom, right? Where we don't have to deal with sin and I don't have to deal with people, you know, greedy for power and I don't have to deal with all these people who are using their their religious power to manipulate and and, and oppress others. That's not good. I am going to a better place. I'm going to be with the Father. If you loved me, you would rejoice. Said from a 33-year-old-ish, perfectly healthy guy. Now, that's something that maybe if someone was, you know, older and and struggling with health and, you know, uh, all, uh, you know, we, 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 that would make sense. You know, we, 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 there are times when possibly we, we don't really rejoice, but we silently have a, you know, are relieved that they're out of their suffering, right? That they're out of their pain, that they're no longer having to deal with all the the problems of life, right? Uh, But when Jesus says that, Jesus isn't in that situation. Jesus is healthy. And so if you you loved me, you would rejoice. If you loved me, you would rejoice. What Jesus is saying is, death is not a curse. I am not being cursed. I am going somewhere good. This is a good thing. Matthew 5, verses 11 and 12, part of the Beatitudes that we did last week, Jesus said, Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Your reward in heaven is great. So the the idea that heaven is a reward Based, based on what Jesus said, um, because of, you know, we go through life and we, uh, because of our faith, at times we are uh, insulted and persecuted. People look down on us because of our faith, all, all those things. And Jesus says, rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great. Basically, when life is difficult because of your faith, your reward in heaven is great. Uh, but there's one word that we, I think we all struggle with there. Reward is heaven a reward? Are we, is it, is it something that we've earned? I think that's a, we'll set that thought aside for a minute. Galatians 4 verse 7. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir, an heir. So this is a different take on, on heaven, right? Jesus says, heaven is your reward. Your reward in heaven is great. This is, well, it, that heaven isn't a reward, but it is an inheritance, an inheritance. You are an heir. And so you are given eternal life 
as an heir, as an inheritance. And the thing about an inheritance is it has nothing to do with what you do in life. It's not a reward. It's about what family you belong to, right? Who claims you as their child? You know, who, who is your parent? Who, who says, yeah, that they're in my family? That's, that's what an inheritance is. It's a completely different image than a reward, right? It takes away the understanding of because you've done this, now you'll get this. No, it just says you're in this family, and so you're going to get this inheritance. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So now it's a gift, a gift. So God has, for, for, for a long time, people have looked at death and considered it a curse, right? We have been cursed with death. The, the wage of sin is death. The, the result of our sin is death. But the free gift of God is, so God has taken this thing that we have looked on as a curse, said, oh no, it's not a curse, because the thing that comes after is the best gift ever. Yep, after that, I'm going to give you the best gift I can give you. Eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. God has taken this thing that we've looked at as a curse and said, nope, it's a gift. Look at death and, and eternal life as a gift. So we have three image, three images. We have a reward, which is something you've earned. An inheritance, which is something that just because of the family you're born into. And a gift, a gift, which you haven't earned which not because you're in a family, just a free gift. This is the image that God has of eternal life, of, of what God is doing when God gives us eternal life. We can look at it as a reward. We can look at it as a gift. We can look at it as an inheritance. If we're going to look at it as a reward, it's a reward not because of our works, but because of our faith. I would say that imagery um, is one that so I struggle with a little bit more. I mean, I don't think I'm, you know, I don't think I'm doing anything to be rewarded with eternal life. I like the idea of an inheritance, this understanding that in my baptism, I was claimed as a child of God. And because I'm a child of God, because I am in God's family, right, I am given this inheritance. I love that imagery. And this gift, this gift that says God's going to give it to whoever God wants to give it to. God's going to give it. And there's going to be no one, not, nothing you can do to earn it. It's just going to be a gift that is given to you. That opens, that opens the kingdom up, that opens God's grace up beyond our imagination. And so God can then choose to give eternal life to whomever God wants to give it to. I, I love that imagery. Okay, so what will heaven be like? This is stuff we've, we've talked about before, but I, I think that it's a, uh, it's so comforting and so powerful that we should uh, touch on it often. What will heaven be like? Well, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. This mystery of heaven is beyond anything you've ever seen. The most beautiful thing you've ever seen is more beautiful than that. The prettiest sound you've ever heard, the most beautiful sound you've ever heard, it's better than that. The most beautiful image you've ever had in your mind, it's better than that. That's what God has prepared for those who love him. My, my sister, her, uh, her, her husband's grandmother uh, passed away a week or two ago, and she was in her, she might have been 100. Um, and, and, and so she, my sister was talking to my nephew about death, and she talked about how, you know, now Mima's our, our, our guardian angel, and she's with us. And, and I said, well, 
you can do that. You can say that. That's that's part of the things we can say to children. Or we can say, or we can say that she is somewhere right now more beautiful than anything you've ever seen, where the music and the sound is more beautiful than anything you've ever heard, and it's it's better than anything you've ever imagined. What if what if that's what we talked about with kids when we talked about death, when we talked about heaven? Well, yeah, let, let me tell you where he or she is right now. More beautiful than what anyone has ever seen. More beautiful than whatever, uh, anything anyone has ever heard. More beautiful than anything any human mind has ever conceived. And then ask them, what's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen? Is it a, a waterfall? Is it a, is it a sunset? What, what is the most, be- it's more beautiful than that. What's the, what's the most beautiful thing you've ever heard? Is it a song? Is it the sound of someone's voice? What, it's more beautiful than that. What's the most beautiful thing? What's the most amazing thing you could think of in your mind? What's the most comforting image you can come up with in your mind? It's better than that. What a great way to teach heaven. What a, what, a, what a faithful way to teach what heaven is like. And then finally, Luke 23, verse 43, Jesus said to him, Truly, I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. Truly, I say, obviously, Jesus is dying on the cross, and he's talking to the thief next to him. He says, Truly, I say to you, you will be with me. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Jesus just refers to heaven as paradise. And so, you know, what, what when you hear the word paradise, to me, it goes back to 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9, right? When I think about the, what is the most beautiful thing I can ever imagine in my life, that's, well, that's what I would consider paradise. And God says, nah, it's even going to be better than that. It's even going to be better than that. And so what does paradise look like for you? It's going to be better than that. I, I find this incredibly comforting and incredibly helpful to, to talk about and to think through. And to, uh, this is actually, part of this lesson is something we did about a year ago, but, but, but it's something we need to be reminded of over and over again. It's something we need to hear over and over again. It's something that we need to make a part of our everyday conversation. The way we talk about death, the way we talk about heaven, the way people of faith, the hope that we have, the hope that we have, and the way we talk about eternal life being not something that we've earned, but something that God is going to give us. That's something God has already given us. So uh, that's what I have to say about death. The the Bible says a lot more about death. Um, This is I I think I I picked out seven Bible verses here, and uh, to me that's this is what this is what the Bible this is the picture the Bible paints about what death is and what God has to say about it. Okay, so we will stop there. Thank you everybody for joining me. I hope this helps. <laughs> I, you know, I, again, death is something we all struggle with, but the Bible does talk about it, and the Bible uh, comforts us in in the face of grief and mourning. Uh, and so, I hope you are comforted by these Bible verses. So let's pray. Uh, good and gracious, gracious God, we thank you so much for your gift of eternal life. We thank you for your salvation, which you have given to us. Uh, we are thankful that you claim us as your own. We pray that as we go through life, 
uh, that your presence would comfort us and guide us and that you would help us to be um, help us to uh, provide uh, encouragement and support for those who are struggling with life or uh, encouragement and love for those who are grieving uh, and we pray for uh, our world that we would be a more peaceful world and that we would our relationships would be uh, more loving and that we would look out for one another in Jesus name amen all right everybody have a great day take care of yourselves bye